Welcome to the Indianola First Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Our prayer is that this message will inspire you, encourage you, and launch you into life-changing action. Well, church family, I got to tell you, I am just a little bit like still, I don't know if I want to call it a fog of excitement, but I'm in a fog of excitement. I don't know what else to call it, about last week's baptism service. And um, I know some people think, well, you're the pastor, you know, of course you're going to get excited about that. But if you're not excited about that, there's something wrong with you. There really is. If you're not excited about what took place here last Sunday and the stories that were told, and some of the stories we knew, if you're not excited about that, your exciter's broken. Amen. And there's so many stories of those whose lives have been changed through the power of Jesus Christ. I mean, kids making decisions for Jesus before they ever got caught up in all those things that took some of us years to get over. That blesses me. That excites me. I can't say it enough, church. God is still doing it. He's still reaching down and interjecting hope when hope seems to be lost. The world is going crazy. How many know that? I mean, the more you watch the news, the more you realize it's going crazy. Moral standards have been tossed to the wind, political manipulations. And, and you know, I don't care if I tell people I'm Republican, because I am and I'm proud of it. But I, I, I will say this. I will say this. It doesn't matter what party you're talking about. There's political ma- manipulations going on. And my citizenship is in heaven first and down here second. You know what I'm saying? And I, 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 we're going to get into that a little bit. But political manipulations have become near impossible to navigate. I mean, the world's gone crazy. Natural disasters have become so common that they hardly make the news anymore. I mean, a few years ago, there was, there was a, a tsunami and it barely made the news. And hundreds of thousands of people died. Wars and conflicts with root causes that can't be resolved. I mean, I don't remember the last time I saw a news report on the war in Ukraine. Where has that gone from the news? There's things going on, and it's just a mess. And in the midst of it all, Jesus Christ is setting people free as they receive him as Savior and are born again. And I feel a little like Paul a little bit, maybe, when he said, I resolve to know nothing except Christ and him crucified. Because when the world gets crazy, when it just goes nuts, what else is there to do than to share the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ to help people come to him in relationship? What else is there to do? And for those of us who have experienced salvation through Christ, you you understand that there is this hope within you that's just undeniable. It's like the worse things get, the more hope you have. Do you understand what I'm talking about? I mean, you can live in a place where the more bad things that happen, it just creates this cycle within you that doesn't cause you to go down into the depths of despair, but it causes you to, to have this hope rise up within you and you like have more hope. The more, the, more, the more bad stuff, the more hope. The more bad stuff, the more hope. It's an amazing place to live. And it doesn't make sense to people that haven't experienced salvation through Christ. It's an optimism that just grips your heart when you have that authentic personal relationship with him. And how many have that today, this morning? How many have a relationship with Jesus? Amen. It's awesome. It's an awesome thing. 
and you can't help it. Hope just begins to radiate from you as an authentic believer. And it doesn't matter what happens, devastating loss of loved ones. And I know we've had a lot of that around here in the last 10 years. Financial ruin, people that just, things happen, uh, bankruptcies and issues at work, and just they, they just go through financial struggle. The reality check of the state of your marriage. I mean, sometimes marriages struggle. Did you know that? Sometimes we, we spend so much time sweeping little issues under the carpet that, that all of a sudden years go by and we realize we got big issues. We don't have just little issues. And we better take care of them. And other, not just marriage relationships, but other family relationships. Sometimes just that reality check of how bad a shape they're in. Bad medical news. We all hurt and go through these emotions of grief when we are dealing with the tough things in life. But that hope the hope that we have through Jesus Christ just seems to find its way back up through all the hardship and we are once again set on the foundation that our relationship with him gives us. It's, the, it's joy in the midst of the storm. It's hope in the midst of devastation. And it doesn't make sense, but that's our story as authentic believers in Christ Jesus. Now, I don't want to keep stating it over and over, but the perfect example of this hope was on display last week in those testimonies of those whose lives have been changed. I mean, those stories just gripped me. It says in Revelations 12, 11, and they overcame him because of the blood of the lamb. We're just saying about that and because of the word of their testimony, and they did not love their life even when faced with death. In other words, they didn't love their, nobody. We, we, as Christians, we don't have to love our lives so much and put so much focus on holding on to what we have that fear sets in, for, for fear for, of, of losing what we might have, and, 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 and it just becomes this, this cycle of where, where we go down and down and down and we lose hope and we lose the victory, so to speak. As believers, we have a hope that rises up within us in the midst of all this stuff that's tough. And when this life and all that it has to offer becomes secondary to hope, the hope that we have in Christ, hope of real life, a life that's everlasting. You understand that this life's a vapor? Everything in it is a vapor. Everything in it's going to burn except that's what you, that what, what you do that's eternal. I mean, let the weight of that hit you a little bit today because we spend a lot of time working and striving for things that are all going to burn. Worrying and fretting and just occupying our mental capacity with things that are eventually not going to matter. That life is everlasting. And that life absolutely is going to be complete in every way. Where death does not exist, sickness and disease are no more. Where goodbye is never spoken. Where money isn't a thing. I mean, wouldn't that be nice? Where our worth is never wrapped up in others' opinions of our performance. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. 
I mean, it's going to happen. That's our, our hope in Christ, that we're talking about heaven, we're talking about eternal life. All these things are true there. And people think sometimes we just float around and with our little wings that we get and we play harps and forever and it's just boring. No! Not going to be boring. Not going to be like that at all. In fact, I don't think we even have wings because we ain't going to be angels because we're going to be sitting right by Jesus ruling and reigning with him. We're created above the angels, the Bible says. I, I just think it's going to be so magnificent you can't even get your mind wrapped around it here. No sickness. No death, no disease. Those will be no more. Distant memories. Where goodbye is never spoken. Where money isn't a thing. All this stuff. Where sin and all of its ugly effects can no longer touch us. I mean, I hate sin. Do you hate sin? Do you run from it? And when people sin and that sin that they commit affects you, that's hard to deal with as well. But in that place, sin and all of its ugly effects, I mean, you, can, you won't even be able to speak to it like this uh, because, uh, because it won't even be in existence. It won't be there. But, but I just think, can't touch this. You know? <laughs> it can't touch you. It can't hurt you. It can't do anything to you. Even other people, because sin just won't exist. That's the hope that's within us, church. And that hope is the very thing that will get you through anything you could possibly go through on this earth. It's a hope that is guaranteed to bring us victory over our enemy, the devil. This hope that we have will literally draw others to you. They will want to know why you have such a hope, especially with what you're going through. 1 Peter 3.15, and this is a scripture I really wanted to hit today, but in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy. Always being prepared to make a defense. Always being prepared to make a defense. Always being prepared to make a defense. Always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. In other words, have an answer for why that hope is within you. When they see it and they see you walking through something difficult and, and something that, that's a struggle, they don't understand how you can have hope in the midst of it, you better be ready with an answer for that. A prepared answer. And let's connect the dots here a little bit. When you live your life with hope displayed, people want to know how and why you have so much hope. Even in the midst of the struggle and pain, when you display hope, you will end up drawing people to Christ in the midst of your own hardships. And it's a tricky thing to display that kind of hope while at the same time being true to your emotional pain. Because here's what happens so often. Preacher will preach something like I just, just did, and then people will say, well, I don't feel that hope, and so there must be something wrong with me. I'm sad. I'm sorrowful. I'm grieving. And now I feel guilty for grieving because I'm supposed to be a person of hope. That's not what I'm saying, church. I'm not saying that you can't be true to your emotional pain because it's true and it does exist. God gave us emotions so we could deal with our pain, so we could grieve our losses and those devastating things that just happen in this life. Displaying hope is not the absence 
of those emotions. It's not denying your pain or your feelings of hurt and loss. Displaying hope is learning to look beyond the pain and the suffering, and it's like having an anchor for your future to get you through. When you are in Christ and you have that hope that he deposited within you, you will have the ability to walk through the fire and through the storm, and your faith will be securely anchored. It will be unshakable and immovable. And I think about losing a loved one. That seems to be something that that people really, really go through, and they grieve, and they should grieve. That's something they ought to do. When my dad passed away, I grieved. I cried. It wasn't wrong for me as a Christian who's full of hope to cry through that grief. The crying helped. How many know? I mean, I love what Charles Spurgeon said. He said, tears are liquid prayers. What a wonderful thing to say and to believe. It's not that we have to walk around in, in some kind of fakiness I have Jesus Christ. Nothing can touch me. I can't, I can't be hurt or, or sorrowful about anything. I don't have to grieve. I have victory over it all. No. You can grieve. You can cry. You can have emotions. Feelings are real. But here's the deal. Be anchored in Jesus Christ and the hope that he gives you, and you will be pulled right through it all. You know what's wrong is when you get stuck in your sorrow and you go down and down and down and down into the pit of despair. And you don't let that hope rise up. That hope is always there, folks. If you have Jesus Christ as your Savior, that hope's there. Let it rise up. When you are in Christ, you have that hope that he deposited within you. You will have the ability to walk through the fire and the storm. I love the fact. I think of right away uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were absolutely in the fire. They were thrown into a furnace, for goodness sakes. And if it's a metaphor for going through tough things in life, I think that's pretty tough. They were in the fire. And not only did Jesus save them out of the fire, notice he didn't save them from actually being thrown into the fire, right? They went into the fire. They got thrown in there. But he saved them while they were in the fire. And then when they came out, they didn't even smell like smoke. See, this is what we're talking about. Seems like a wonderful thing to uh, have been on staff here for two decades. And um, it has been a wonderful blessing in so many ways for me and my family. But you know what's hard about being a pastor somewhere for a, a long time or for an extended period of time? It, it's the funerals you have to do. You know, I don't know what the average stay of a pastor is. It's, it's really rare when you get to be somewhere 20 years. But you grow close to people in those 20 years closer to people when you've been around them most of their lives and they've been around you most of your life and then you they're, they're people you pray for they're people that you you've seen in the hospital you, you've seen their struggles they've shared their hurts and their pains and you grow close to them 
and you become friends, and they become more than friends even. They become family in so many ways. And because there are so many in a church our size, you often don't have time to grieve over the one who passed, who's your friend, before you have to start working on the next funeral for someone else who passed. And so I, and I'm, not, I'm not whining here, I'm not crying, but so many friends have passed, and, and, um, and the hope that is within me doesn't keep me from tears. It doesn't ease the grief that I have to walk through. I, and I, I don't want to get into naming names, but there's, there's a few people in the church that passed away. They were too young to pass away. And after a while, it was like, um, I just needed to take a few days off and go weep and grieve myself for my friend. Because when you're pastoring and you're trying to hold the family up a little bit to get through the, 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 the emergency uh, ER kind of situation, the, the, the tough, tough, tough part of it, you don't have time to think about your own feelings in reference to friends. And so I, I say that because the hope that's within you that we all have, again, it doesn't erase the grief that you have to walk through. It doesn't take away the struggle of this life, uh, the struggles in this life, uh, be it loss of a loved one or something else, it, but it does give you strength to overcome. The hope doesn't erase the bad stuff. You get what I'm saying? In church, we can't have that attitude of, well, maybe I've just met too many Christians who, who have beat themselves up for years because they don't have the victory. They don't walk around in, in a, in a uh, or, or maybe I, I should say they do walk around in, in almost a fake way. Maybe in some ways that's why the world looks at the church so often and says, whatever. Because we're not real. I hope you understand what I'm getting at. You can have emotion. You can have feelings. But let the hope of God, let the hope of Jesus Christ, the hope that he deposited in you, let it come out and anchor you to a future that he has planned for you that's full of hope. And if you want to talk eternity, you know, there's, there's no place better to be there than there. See, that's what people see. That's the hope they desire for themselves. It's not about the absence of hurt and pain. I'm, again, it's about the ability to overcome it. And trust me, people are watching. They want to know if you're an authentic Christian. And when they find out that you are, they will absolutely want what you have. You know what the saddest thing in the world to me is? Is that there are so many Christians in America. I'm, I'm just going to be really blunt and honest with you. There are so many Christians sitting here this morning who have never led anyone to Jesus ever. That breaks my heart because you're missing out on something so amazing and so wonderful. And to have the attitude, well, I'm saved and that's good enough for me. And I'm not saying you have that attitude, but if that is your attitude, like I don't have to win anybody, I'm saved, I'm going. The people I love are saved, they're going. If that's really where you're at, then shame on you. Shame on you. We ought to want everybody, right? And I don't want to be condemning in any way. I'm not trying to be condemning, but I just, there's an attitude sometimes that we get because we get tired and 
It's enough struggle just to get through life ourselves without trying to pull somebody else up. But church, (laughs) the blood of Jesus has done it all for you. And our response to that is to be like, you know what? Everybody needs this. I can't help but speak, some of the disciples said when they were questioned. I can't help but speak of the great things that God has done for me. And I know so many of you are doing that and sharing Christ with people. I've often encouraged people to write down their testimonies and how they have come to know Christ as their Lord and Savior, to write out how their lives have been changed since finding Jesus. And I I don't think too many have taken me up on it, but, but it's a great exercise. Have you ever just sat down and you're not writing a book, you're just trying to write your story out? I want to challenge every single one of you to do that. What is it about your encounter with Christ that changed you? When did it happen? How did it happen? Where did it happen? Write that all down. Put some scriptures in with it. Devise a plan so that when someone comes to you and asks you for the reason for the hope that is within you, you can give them a prepared defense and say, this is, this is what happened to me. This is what happened to me. And see, when people come to you, that's the moment you need to be ready with the explanation, a reason for the hope that you have, because it doesn't make sense to those who have never experienced it before. They want to know how and why you have that kind of hope when you're going through tough stuff. They don't get it. How do you, how do you go through that? I mean, some of those stories last Sunday, how do you go through that? And you say, it's Jesus, like they did. When you write that stuff down, when you have a plan, when you, when you prepare yourself to give a good answer, a solid answer, I believe it creates divine appointments in your life. Oh, only God can do that. Yeah, that's true, but guess what? He'll do it more in your life when you're ready and prepared. Well, let's, let's throw a divine appointment to this person who I know is not prepared. Why would he do that? He's going to give those to people who are prepared. Because God knows if you're ready to give an answer for the hope that's within you, he's going to send you more people to question you about it. 1 Peter 3.15, we've already read it, but read it again. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord is holy. Always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that's within you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. See, sometimes people don't ever get asked that because they're not displaying any kind of hope. They look just like the world. They smell like the world. They act like the world, and so nobody would know to even ask them. They don't see hope. Sometimes that's the case. But sometimes the case is they see, they see the, the hope that's within them. They, they're watching, you know, maybe looking at them through like a, like a hole in the fence kind of thing and just watching, stepping back. You don't know how many people are watching you. You really don't. But when they see the authenticity... And they come back to you and they say, look, I, I want to know what's going on with you. Why are you so different? Why are you always happy even though bad things happen to you too? That's that moment. That's that divine appointment. That's that chance for you to give a defense. Notice the scripture, 1 Peter 3.15 says, always being prepared. This means that you have a plan that you keep putting it together, that you keep talking about your story, that you keep adding to it. 
You have to put time into thinking through your story and how Christ has come in and changed everything. Enough time to be able to defend that hope that's within you by effectively sharing your experience with Christ and how he's changed you from the inside out. Are you prepared right now? What if I was to ask you, why are you filled with so much hope, especially with what you're going through right now? Would you be able to answer that? Why are you filled with so much hope, Sandy? Because Jesus is on my side. Okay. Malachi, why are you filled with hope? Even when you're being a knothead? Yeah. <laughs> Not that you are, but we're all knotheads sometimes, right? Peggy, why, why are you so filled with hope? You had a daughter pass away. Shouldn't you be just sitting in a dark room crying? Yeah. Matt, I mean, come on. What's your story? What's with you? You changed. You're not the depressed neighbor across the street anymore. <laughs> what happened to you? But what, what happened? What was it about Jesus that changed you? Knows it loves you. We got to have answers, guys. Eric, you're ornery, but you're not near as ornery as you used to be. I mean, why do you have, why have you changed? We got to have an answer, church. You want to answer that? I didn't let you answer, did I? What's changed you, man? Jesus and Jesus through your wife. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be married to Mitzi and do anything wrong. She beat you within an inch of your life. She's all smiles up here, but I'm telling you. No. Eric's told me stories. No. And I know I'm getting a little personal this morning. I know I'm I'm, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing in reference to live stream and camera. I'm talking to the crowd. You're not supposed to. I don't care. What's your story? Why do you have this hope when you're going through so much? How do you go through losing a 12-year-old daughter? I mean, you said it last week on the video. But it's Jesus, right? I mean, you should still be mad and bitter. Do you remember what you said to me? What did you say? Me and God are not on speaking terms. <laughs> Something's changed. We have a story, church. You have a story. You have a reason for the hope that is within you that takes you through the hard things in life. Doesn't mean you don't grieve them. It doesn't mean you don't struggle through them. It doesn't mean that, 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 that you don't have those emotional, painful things happen to you that you actually feel. But what it does mean is that you have an anchor in Jesus Christ that pulls you through anything that this life can throw at you. It absolutely does. And I'm telling you, if we hold on to that message and we don't share that with the people outside these four walls, we're wrong. I mean, it's like a little kid finding a plate of cookies. And they're going to like, they're like with their friends, but the friends didn't see where the, they weren't there with them when they found the cookies. And then the kid doesn't give any of the cookies away. He hides them. Ooh, I found cookies. They're mine. I found mints. I'm taking them home. 
That's an inside joke. I found cookies. I'm going to hide. I'm going I'm to go in the closet and I'm going to eat all the cookies. It's a really bad example, I know, but we share what we find. We found Jesus. He's changed our life. He's changed us from the inside out, and he's better than a cookie. Right? We're talking about people's eternities here, and there's a hope that's, that's in us now because we found Jesus Christ as our Savior, and when people ask us about that hope, we better have an answer for them. Man, I want to tell you, I, I don't know if I've told this story before, but this is how I became a pastor. I was a music school student. I was at, uh, uh, at SDSU. I was doing my work. I found Jesus Christ through Campus Crusade for Christ. And one of the things in Campus Crusade for Christ we had to do is we had to share our faith. So I, was share, I, I got into sharing my faith right away. It's something I think every Christian should learn how to do and have a, have a really good way of doing it. They train you how to do that there. It was awesome. We'd set up these tables. We'd have M&M jars, and people would walk by in the student union, and they could write down how many M&Ms were in the jar, and if they were the closest one, they would win, right? That's how we would do it. But they also fill out a survey when they did it, like things like uh, how important are spiritual things to you? Would you like somebody to call you? Would you like somebody to pray for you? That kind of thing. And when we seen on the, on the survey that, that the answers were such that they would be a good contact person, we would take that, and we would call them on the phone. And we, we didn't have cell phones then, but we, we'd call them on the, the phone that was connected to the wall for you young people, right? We'd go, beep, 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 beep. And we'd meet with them, and we'd sit down, and we'd, we'd say, and, and I, I don't know how many people, I, I don't even remember how many I met with personally, but we just got to start meeting, and I didn't know nothing. I, I really didn't know much at all about the Bible or anything. I just knew how to share my faith. And you begin to share your faith and you share your faith. And then when you see somebody across the table begin to tear up because they need what you have. It changes you. And then pretty soon that's all you want to do. And you stop going to class. Because you have too many people to share to. I literally would have flunked if I would have kept going. I dropped out before I flunked. I would have flunked because I just wasn't doing my work. That's bad testimony. I know it's terrible. But you know what? I was too busy winning people to Jesus and it's all I cared about. See, once you experience that, what happens is it just sucks you in. And you're like, this is all that matters. This is all I care about. I'm all over the place today. I mean, somebody said amen that I was all over the place. Thank you. When you simply just tell your story from that place that seeks to glorify Jesus and not self, that's really all you have to prepare. Think through your story so you have a prepared answer to anyone who asks you about the hope that you have. Yeah, it's scary at first, but it gets easier. There's nothing more powerful for building the kingdom until he comes again than to share your story. Give the reason there's hope within you. You know, I, I think about social media and the, the amazing platforms that are out there to get information out and how so much of the information on there is stupid. Um, have you ever watched a video that had no point? Like maybe for 10 minutes and you're like, and then it just ends and you're like, what just happened? TikTok will let you post up to a 10-minute video. 
Twitter lets you post a two-minute and 20-second video, or a tweet can be 280 characters. Facebook gives you 240 minutes for a single video, but what if you did a one-minute video or posted a story that's less than 20 seconds? That's what they actually recommend you do if you want people to listen to it. Instagram gives you one minute to post your video. Wouldn't it be something if all social media platforms started trending with believers telling their well-thought-out stories? Instead of, hey, I'm here with my dog in the park. We're eating, we're eating uh, something, whatever, french fries. <laughs> you know, like anybody cares. What if you posted your story? Say, hey, my pastor, and you can say this because I'm asking you to do this. My pastor said to tell my story, so I'm going to tell my story. And you post a little video. What would happen? Maybe, maybe, what, if it, what if it just blew up? Could that go viral? People of Christians just telling their story of how Jesus changed their life? Wouldn't that be amazing? I'd rather watch that than a bunch of garbage, than cats flying off ceiling fans or some weird thing like that. <laughs> Although I do watch that quite often, so... <laughs> Most of us have probably been lured into doing some kind of challenge. What if someone started a challenge to tell their personal encounter with Jesus? Well thought out. Well spoken. Include some scripture if you want. How you were before Jesus, how you are after Jesus. I'm just saying, however you would choose to start telling your story, it doesn't have to be on social media, but it, it's time that we get so good at it that it just rolls off our tongue. Maybe you're just nice to people, and they go, why are you so nice? It's the hope that's within me. What, what are you talking about? Well, I have hope inside of me because Jesus Christ loves me, and I found him. And you know what? If you haven't found him, you should find him too. I can help you do that. Well, that's so bold. People don't listen to that. You want to make a bet, they do listen to that. They're just waiting for someone bold to stand up and do it. Let me recap this just real quick and I'll end today. It's very simple. Display the hope that is within you, a hope that only comes when you give your life to Christ and become born again. That doesn't mean you bury your emotions as you walk through difficult things. It just means that you cling to your anchor of hope as God carries you through. When people see that hope and become curious about it, curious enough to ask you how and why, why, be prepared to have an answer. Be able to give a reason for it so that you can share it with them. Your testimony, your story of how Jesus Christ has changed your life is a powerful thing. Powerful. And again, let me read Revelations 12, 11. I, I, I say this verse all the time. And they overcame... Say they. they. That's all of us. Overcame him, the evil one, because of the blood of the lamb and because of the word of their testimony. And they did not love their life even when faced with death. I think Jesus said something about loving your life. Those who love their life will lose it. Those who, who uh, don't love their life will find it. I'm just saying it's, it's, about, it's about knowing where we're going. It's about the hope that we have. I mean, if you really understand hope, then a Tom Steen, who I know Pat and Michelle are here this morning, which is great to have you guys. 
Tom Steen who passed away, it's not the end. He just graduated. If you understand the hope that we have in Jesus Christ, you realize that there's a forever together we all get to look forward to. If you realize the hope that we have in, in Jesus Christ, you know that the turmoil and the, and the suffering and the pain that you might be going through for whatever reason, the struggles of this life, is really there because God's going to glorify himself through it if you'll let him. And all of a sudden, you just kind of rise up above all that garbage in life. And then people are like, man, nothing bad ever happens to that guy. It's not true. The hope is just so much there. It's just so there. You're so anchored in it. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you that we have a hope because of you. That without you, there would be no hope. Everybody would be a lost cause. But because of you, because of what you did on the cross, because you died for our sins, you died in our place, you literally ransomed us. God, because of that, we have hope. We can walk with hope for a future that you have for us that's glorious. God, I know we go through things. I know it's tough sometimes. I know we grieve, but we don't grieve like those without hope. We grieve like those with hope. Lord, I pray that you would help us put together a ready defense to give to anybody who wants to know the reason for the hope that we have within us. God, that you would open doors of divine appointments like never before because we're ready. And Lord, I pray that you would bless every person in this room today with just a, 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 your presence, the presence of your Holy Spirit. God, as we leave here, we just want to give you glory for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys. Thanks for being a part of the Indianola First podcast. Join us next week to stay updated on our latest messages.